I don't know how you did it. But after years of intentionally not watching the movie, you wrote it on a card, chat chose it, and now I have suffered through three hours and change of the first part being a romance. It's not half bad. It's quite enjoyable. There's even boobs in it. The second half being one of the most horrifying, nightmarish sequences of film I've watched to date. And it is cinematically brilliant. It's okay. It's wonderful. I cried so long, guys. Got it. Huh. James was trying to kill I a gnat. Killed, I killed a bug. Speaking of which, that's James. Hi. I'm America. Hi. This is City Wave Cinema, and we watched the Titanic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen it more than one time. I've seen it exactly one time, and I will die 40 years from now having seen it the one time. James also marks the second person that I've known in my entire lifetime who has not cried at the Titanic. It's really easy to not cry when you are gritting your teeth, stomach churning at the idea of having to not only film the thing in actual water, but just the concept of people leaping to their death from the ship to the water. It's really easy to not fucking cry when it's literally a horror movie. You did start the Halloween movies in October. Today being October 1st. That was so awful to witness at all. I just... I, I stopped eating dinner. He couldn't eat. He I couldn't, couldn't drink eat. his coffee. I, I'm just, I was just sitting there... More like this. Fucking... Tearing at my hair. Oh, I was a fucking mess, man. I just wept. God. I wept openly for so many hours. America's over there having an emotional epiphany and all this catharsis, and I'm sitting here going, I wish they'd stop showing all the drowning victims. I wish they'd stop showing all the drowning victims. Like the two kids that died in their bed after Fuck their you. mom. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, my God. Oh, she put them to sleep, and then they drowned. Oh, the water's like 35 degrees, maybe. His his, oh. uh, his little dance partner, that girl, didn't make it off either. Oh, oh you want to do the fucking podcast by yourself? You want to do it by yourself? I'll fucking leave right now. Holy shit. It's been a uh. while since we've had a ranty episode, guys. Oh, it's, it's been not, a minute. Not even a rant that much. It's just so hard. The second episode's going to be where the rants happen. Well, are you going to whip out your notes, or are you just going to leave us in suspense? Think about it, I guess. God damn it. My first note is that Celine Dion sounds so much more haunting when the screen is sepia-toned. Because we have to do art shit in the 90s and make the opening scenes where you see the Titanic being... Built, I think? I don't remember. It's four hours ago. Uh, we, we just... Yeah. Alright, fuck it. We'll start with a rant. I am so over that goddamn song. Celine Dion made her gajillions of dollars. 
She made the song specifically for the movie. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Hooray, she's successful. I was never a big Celine Dion fan. Not that she's not talented or anything. I just don't listen to that kind of music. But to repeat the same fucking eight bars of sad woodwind instruments going do 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 fuck all the way off it's so annoying every other fucking scene just has that trill and it runs for the entire length of the movie and this may i remind you is a three hour affair in which you are subjected to no less than six renditions of that song. Slower, faster, it doesn't matter. They're all in there. And then in the credits, you get the whole song with vocals and everything. It's just, it's so fucking obnoxious after the first time. And it's been, what, fucking 30 years since the movie came out, practically? Oh, God, I want to go walk off a cliff now. No, it's 97. It's been 20-some-odd years. Uh, I can't do fast math. Fucking, it, it, we've all heard the song a thousand and one times, and then I finally watched the movie where I had to hear it six times in a row. Just, what a miserable anthem to a song, or to a movie. God, ugh, I, I feel like Alex Jones when he's mad about the fucking f water making the frogs gay, and I'm just like, ah, 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 I hate it, ah, ah. Oh, I'm upset. That song reminds me of two things. It reminds me of the Titanic, and uh -huh. it reminds me of the night my mom was high off Ambien, and she just started singing that song. That's a horrifying song to sing. Just literally, like... When you're stoned. Very gone, not even, like, conscious, awake, ambient <sighs> dronings of... Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, okay, that happened, but it's also in her... Well, and, and my family, it's a fucking meme now. We will... Anytime someone has like a bit of a like a slurred speech or something, everyone will just go, yeah, ha, and it's really haha -ha funny, but I didn't really realize how frequently that happens until I watched this movie and I realized that we do that shit all the fucking time. Every holiday season when we're all together, there's yeah. I don't even don't even pronounce the word correctly. Just yeah, Rest in peace, headphone users, for this episode. Oh, I'm getting real yelly. I'm getting real yelly. This is what we wanted. This is what we asked for. You're also not gonna hear much from me from this episode because I don't have a lot to say. Don't worry, I'm here. About Titanic. I love the movie. I can't watch it because as I said, I sob for three hours straight. It's a lot of hours. But I do love the movie. I have very little wrong with it until we talk about how we all can fit on the door. That's three hours from now. Don't worry about it. Anyways. 
that we get some cool footage that James Cameron filmed when he went and visited the actual wreck of the Titanic, which is cool. I love like documentary shit like that. That's fun. It's entertaining to me. Uh, but I've played the video game Subnautica, and I know he got way too close to that ship with that camera to not cause damage to his own vessel. That's just the rules. I don't make them. Um, also, why why did all the submarine crew from the modern-day portions of the movie make every scene just super uncomfortable? Just every scene, It's just, especially Ponytail Guy, whose name fucking escapes me. He's the big one who describes to Rose how the Titanic went down. Oh, the, like, nerdy nerd guy? The insensitive bastard. Yeah. Uh, he fucking just all the time making everything uncomfortable. It was very upsetting. Also, throughout the movie... Everyone just always uses the same line, I'll be goddamned. And it happened like four times in the first half hour. And I just like... That was probably just the slang back then. In 1997? Yeah. I was two. I don't know. No, not in 1997. Yeah, but that all for the first half hour of the movie, it's just the modern iteration of the movie. And everyone just keeps saying, I'll be goddamned. That's All the time. Slang. I don't know. I think James Cameron's got an issue. Anyways, uh, we, it's if you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie and then come back and listen to this shit because I'm not going to be able to recall all the details of how everything went down, but I'll do my best to recap for you. Spoiler alert, the ship sinks. Surprise, surprise. Your history book did not lie to you. The Titanic did sink. Um, so... Basically, uh, we've got this like treasure hunting crew out hunting for a uh uh they were out hunting for this necklace, this big diamond that is fictitious, by the way. Uh, this She's big so diamond sad. uh that was supposedly supposedly went down with the ship called uh, the Heart of the Ocean. Yeah, that's what it's called. And so uh, the, these treasure hunter guys are doing like an expose with the news about it, and then. This survivor of the sinking of the Titanic happens to hear it on the news while she's doing some pottery. Also, everyone had so much mud all over their hands for the first half hour of the movie. Like, they open the safe and it's just all this goopy orange-brown mud. And then it's two minutes later you get Rose doing pottery and her hands are covered in mud. Because that's how you make pottery. Uh, Anyways, fucking... Rose hears the thing and she's like, well, I'll turn that shit up. And then she looks at the news and she sees that they found this picture and she's like, well, son of a bitch. Or I'll be goddamned. I think she does say I'll be goddamned, actually. And then uh, they make a satellite phone call out to the ship and they're like, hey, that's me in that picture. And so they fly her out there onto the ship's where she is going to sit down and uh, basically spend a couple days on the boat telling the crew, uh, anyone who gives a fuck, uh, the story of how she survived the sinking of the Titanic. More importantly, where the diamond went. Which she never actually says at all. And then at the end of the movie, she becomes the main villain. So... We get introduced to all the old-timey characters that we're excited about. Uh, Kate Winslet's there. Uh, big surprise to me, Billy Zane is there. Billy Zane's awesome. 
Uh, and then immediately we are told, you are not supposed to like Billy Zane in this movie, as he is a monster to his fiancé wife individual, who is Kate Winslet. Uh, just a horrible, horrible man. Um, I don't understand, and it was not explained how Jack got to Europe, or why he was there for so long. But... They, I get that they just don't really feel like explaining why Jack was in Europe. I mean, he just travels. He travels place to place. That's, like, his big thing is he's, like, a nomad. So he was in France. He was in California. He was in New York. He's been everywhere. He's been all over the place. And Jack is playing poker with uh, his friend Fabrizio. And these two Swedes have gambled their tickets uh, aboard the Titanic for uh, the game of poker. Uh, Jack wins on a full house hand. Uh, he and Fabrizio take the tickets and the money, and then they roll out and make it aboard the Titanic literally with a foot to spare in terms of time. And they sort of lie their way onto the ship with absolutely no problems. It's like the easiest thing to sneak onto that ship. Tell you what. Uh, and Fabrizio's just so wonderful, and they sort of run rampant over the ship for like a day or so. And I just love Fabrizio so much, and that's just foreshadowing for me that I'm going to be sad later. Uh, man, I my notes are so fucking generic. Like, I just keep saying that Billy Zane's a maniac. Uh, and then they make a big deal about the, the boiler room with the coal and everything. What I love, I think, about this movie is that they... Yes, the love story is fictitious, and the characters that we care about in this movie are fictitious, but there are also real-life people that they introduce. Like, they introduce Molly Brown, who is the unsinkable Molly Brown. Um, the captain, like, everyone... The, the baker, who is the guy with the flask at the end. Yeah, like, everyone on there was real people, except for the people we're supposed to care about. Um, and all everything they say and everything they do as far as, like, the ship and everything um, like that actually happened. Like, they couldn't find bino the binoculars for the lookouts. They couldn't do this. Like, everything, and I think that's just what makes this movie so cool is, yeah, it's a fictitious love story. But, like, the detail that went into all those background, like, little lines and nods, if you're not yeah. paying attention, is historically accurate. Oh, a note. I was reading through the trivia, and uh, the way they did the sinking at the time in 1997 was historically accurate, but later they found another chunk of the ship and found out that it went down slightly differently, and it uh, a chunk of the ship got scattered like 100 meters off into the depths in a different direction. Wait, how'd that happen? Uh, someone mapped the fucking zone later in life and James Cameron came out and said yeah, yeah it was historically accurate until it was not historically accurate anymore but no how'd like the part of the ship end up so far away from the other part of the ship well just like how they showed it in the in the uh, in the movie animated recreation that they oh. show in the movie where like it breaks apart and then it starts like to swoop and it like the front part of the ship slides way off to the front. It slides like a quarter of a mile, okay. half a mile away from where it stopped and then oh, okay. started to sink. Uh, but they said that 
there was also a chunk of the ship that broke off and corkscrewed as it went down, leading to it going off to the side. Got it. Uh, so that happened, apparently. Um, we get it. To me, it's hard to watch older movies sometimes because they're absolutely chock full of just tropes. And at the time, they weren't tropes, but now they are tropes. So it's just difficult to, you know, watch some of it sometimes. Like all the classist stuff throughout, it's like, yeah, it happened and it was a real thing. It's just like, bleh, 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 I don't care. <laughs> it's just exhausting sometimes to watch that sort of stuff. So to watch Billy Zane and Kate Winslet act their fucking ass off in this tiff where Kate Winslet's having an enormous amount of mental degradation in this relationship and Billy Zane is this ham-fisted monster of a person. It's just like, I've seen it before. But the thing is, the stuff that I've seen it before in happened after the Titanic came out. So it it's, it's like looking at a piece of art that inspired all the other art that you've seen in your life and you watch it and you go, this fucking blows because of all these things that I've seen before. And it's like, yeah, but this one happened before all that other stuff. This one was the first for a lot of those so, tropes. Yeah. I mean, I brought it up to James while we were watching the Titanic today, Viva Rock Vegas. Uh, if you've listened to that episode or seen that movie, Fred Flintstone gets caught the same way. They Titanic him. They shove the necklace in his pocket. Like, that has been a trope since the Titanic because the Titanic did it. It shows up in... There's so many things in the Titanic that show up in modern day media because of how historical and huge the Titanic was. Like, it was such... An astronomical movie and so ingrained in our culture and our media and has influenced so many things that, yeah, you've seen most of this movie before, even if you haven't seen this movie, just because of how literally ingrained in our culture it is. There's an episode of The Sweet Life on Deck where they basically recreate the whole Titanic other than, like, you know, the drowning stuff. What? Yes. I miss that shit. Um, I was a child. So there's like just, well, you wouldn't have known. No, I guess not. But I knew because I've watched the Titanic when I was young. Um, Damn, you watched a movie with tits in it? It was PG-13. PG-13, I guess in 97 means you can just have your whole boobs out. I also watched The Matrix way too young for my age. So Are there boobs in The Matrix? Mm. I don't think so. There's a lot of murder, but I don't think there's boobs in The Matrix. It's rated R. They do it. I would remember if there were boobs in the Matrix. Neo and What's-Her-Bucket do it. Do they? Yeah. I don't know how much they show. Damn it, we just watched those movies recently. I mean, it was like over a year ago. It was, yeah, we were in the apartment. It was 99. I'm going to look just to see real quick. There's mild sex and nudity. Yeah. But, like, I'm just saying, I watched a bunch of these movies before I technically, I guess, mentally should have because my parents watched them. 
So then, like, later on in life, when I would see, like, people doing the slow motion dive scene and stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, The Matrix. Or I see these classic iconic scenes from Titanic, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Titanic. Whereas, like, if you haven't seen those, you don't know that as a kid. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, they're, they're doing stuff on the boat, and that's really what most of the movie is, is just people are doing stuff on the boat. What? Um, on the movie? Yeah. About a boat? Yeah. Uh, I did make a note where they did, like, a wide shot after they had set sail, and I was like, holy fuck, there really are no lifeboats on this boat. Yeah. And I've, now, I've been on a cruise ship before, and they, in modern-day cruises, they sort of make you uh, go to, like, a rally point, and you put your life vests on before you even set sail. Gotta do so a that, whole class. Yeah, you gotta do a whole class. And it's this whole big thing. And it's the only time you're ever going to fucking do it because most of the cruises I've ever been on are in the Caribbean, and so they're warm, and you're not going to hit icebergs. Uh, hurricanes, not icebergs. Uh, so the fucking... Blah, 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 where was I? Uh, the, we get this posh dinner scene thing where uh, Kate Winslet's about had it up to here with Billy Zane's And pal. her life in general. And her life in general. And, like, hits uh, some... I think the fucking owner of the boat, the mustachioed coward, uh, I think she hits him with a Freud quote. And then just bounces. Because he's talking about the size of the ship and how he wanted the name of the ship oh, to convey yeah, the yeah, size. Yeah. And she's like, have you heard Freud's uh, take on male fascination with size and comparisons of size? I think it could be quite a read for you or something to that effect. And she he, basically says he's compensating. It's the modern day, oh, you're compensating. And uh, he just is like, he does Freud? He's and, like, is Freud on the boat? Like, What? And Billy Zane's like, whoa. And uh, Kathy Bates or Molly Brown is like, <laughs> she's my favorite character this entire fucking she's movie. She's great. <laughs> uh, and then we immediately get a quick suicide attempt, uh, which took me by surprise. May I tell you, I did not get a fucking trigger warning that, hey, she's going to try and jump off the boat, just so you know, uh, into the freezing cold water. Uh, and she gets all the way to the other side of the rail before our darling Jack uh, does some ham-fisted moderate psychology to get her back on the boat. Uh, he calls her an indoor girl, and that shit had me dying. I was laughing my ass off when he called her an indoor girl. Uh, that was so funny. Hashtag um, me, though. <laughs> And he just kept repeating the, the, he was telling a story, uh, trying to get her to not jump in the water, and telling a story about how he went in the, like, freezing water in Chippewa Falls, and it was just like, he just kept repeating a form of the phrase, like, I'll do it, but I don't wanna, but I'll do it. Uh, and it was just a whole fucking thing, and then he gets her back up over the rail after an unfortunate slipping incident due to fancy garb. Uh, in which she does almost fall into the water. And then finally, uh, the, some officers of sort hear the fucking commotion, and they because come running. Because she's going, help me, help me, help me! Yeah, yeah, very useless. Uh, Rose, arguably the villain of the movie. Uh, she does this whole ordeal, and then she fucking... Jack pulls her up and over, and she, they fall to the deck, and he's like sort of... 
above her and his he's started mostly undressing just so that he would jump in the water and all that shit and uh they assess the situation and appropriately decide that he is assaulting her uh and you know what given the evidence that is largely circumstantial but given what they saw when they rolled up i can't say that they were wrong entirely in their uh reaction to the situation also she takes forever to speak up or say yeah she doesn't she doesn't do any goddamn thing useful to get Jack out of this situation until he's already in manacles and is getting fucking about to be arrested for attempted sexual assault, uh, which is all, uh, that would be quite bad. Uh, and Rose proceeds to lie poorly. Uh, and then Billy Zane proves just how much of an asshole he's portraying uh, when he... Uh, offers in earshot of Rose to give Jack $20 for saving her life. Uh, We did pull up a conversion calculator because they mention a lot of money in the movie. And $20 in 1917 dollars, even though it was 1912 technically, as far back as the calculator only goes back as far as 1916. So I just picked 17. Uh, 1917 dollars to 2022 dollars, 20 bucks is 432 dollars and 17 cents. Which also... That's not an insignificant amount of money, but to say next to your fiancé that her life is worth $432.17 is kind of fucked. How much would you pay someone if all, they... All of the money I have. Yay. All of the... I don't have a ton of money, but I all of the money I have. <laughs> all of the... All of it. Uh... Also, I got about 25 notes in before I make my first note about how I've never heard anyone ever talk about how good Billy Zane is in this movie. So I'm going to talk about it. Yes, he is the bad guy. And yes, it is a monster of a bad guy. But holy shit, is he putting in fucking work, dude. He makes himself this smarmy, unlikable asshole so fast, and then he trips over himself a little bit when he decides to rage mode shoot at them with a gun at the end of the movie, but man, it's just so good, the fucking acting clinic he puts on, and his facial expressions, and his hair, and the costuming, and everything is just so good, his little snide remarks with absolutely no emotional weight to them, just literally disconnected from everything it's such a good performance and no one's ever said anything about it or i would have known that billy zane was in the movie beforehand you only ever hear about how good leo was or how good kate winslet was or boobs but no one fucking talks about just how good billy zane is in the movie wasn't this leo's breakout role no I'm going to look. You keep no. talking. I think he did Gangs of New York before that. Keep keep talking. I'm going to I can't look. guarantee that, though. Um, man, I, I would rant and rave for hours about how good Billy Zane is, but I'll just let the notes do that eventually. Uh, we got 45 minutes into the movie, and I was like, the Titanic hasn't even started crashing yet, and I'm so annoyed. Uh, it's The movie's so long. And I know we needed to do this whole romance plot and everything, but Jesus fucking Christ, it's so goddamn long. 
the movie just goes it just goes on and then when you think it's gonna be done it keeps going and it won't stop it's just an endless cavalcade of movie do you understand what i'm saying to you now it's one of the other like three hour fucking monster movies like the fucking batman. lord of the rings batman the new batman's three hours long but you know what what happens in the new batman stuff Stuff happens in the new Batman. And I will it's say, stop. I will say the new Batman goes down like super smooth. Like those three hours do not feel like three hours. There's times in this movie where I'm like, all right, y'all, we've been fucking lollygagging about. And, okay, but the thing of it too is like this: the first half of the movie, and then like the last six minutes of the love storyline, which happens in the second half of the movie, that could be a feature length hour forty five movie. That's just really, really good, right? And then the back half of the movie, where the Titanic sinks, could be an extraordinarily good cinematic representation of a true tragedy. And it is, but it could be a standalone movie. You could release this movie in two parts, two hour and a half, hour 20, hour 45 bits, right? And they would both be tremendous. But instead of that, they run one into the other and then a brief callback to the first one at the end of the second one. And it's just so much. And it just goes. It's It really does. It's just you think you're like, God, it's been like three hours. And you're like, oh, no, it's only been an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, and the Titanic hasn't started Titanicing yet. So holy shit. I also feel like the sinking of the Titanic goes on for some time. Uh, I did my Googling. Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio has been in several other of my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movies before he was in Titanic. Oh, yeah? So, Jeff? Uh, to rattle them off. Also, some side roles and some TV shows and some longer stints in other TV shows. Sure, sure, sure. Um, like, he was in Growing Pains for 23 episodes and did Got some it, stuff. Really? But he's done What's Eating Gilbert Grape, which is one of his... One that, of the, I think that's a breakout role. Yeah, one of the Wasn't best Wasn't that movies. Johnny Depp's breakout, too? I uh, will look into that next. And he was in Romeo and Juliet before the Titanic. So. Yeah, he got the part on this movie because he was in Romeo and Juliet. So he's had some other work before he's then. Done, he's, he's been around the block. He's done the shit. Man. Uh, finally, we get to like the next day after Jack saved Rose. He's offered a dinner evening with the well-to-dos. Uh, and he's. I would say what's eating Gilbert Grape was. Leo's breakout role. Yeah. Continue. So he, he's, you know, meandering around with Rose, and they're sort of, like, going back and forth with some barbs, and then Rose is just straight up mean to him. Just straight mean to his face, but he, all his blood is in his boner and not his brain, so he, like, recognizes that she's being mean, but he's still like, I'd still like to fuck her. So he, he puts that to the side, basically, and turns on his admittedly annoying charm yes johnny depp's breakout role was 21 jump street how long ago was that shit in 87 yeah because he did 82 episodes so yeah he was-, he was like in 21 jump street like and he was in some other stuff before but nothing really of note nightmare on elm street that's one of them but he didn't play like a big role he was probably a kid um so 21 jump street would be his first like really breakout role because right after that came edward scissorhands <laughs> Anyways, there's your history that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Continue. Titanic. So, and and dude, she literally, like, while she's being mean to him, she just steals his book of drawings out of his hands. Like, just rips the shit out of his hands. Yeah, she's literally like, what's this thing you're carrying around? And just takes it. It's 
wild. But calls him rude, repeatedly. And then he reminds her that she is, in fact, being rude. Uh, and they're looking through the fucking book, and then there's just boobs, like, drawn boobs, but boobs nonetheless. Uh, and it turns out that he spent quite a bit of time in Paris drawing a one-legged prostitute. Uh, for her hands. For her hands, which he does have some drawings just exclusively of hands, which is strange, but okay, go off. Uh, some people have foot man. fetishes. Some people have hand fetishes. Yes. The... In addition to that, like, the... The clash in class is just extremely obvious, and it's it, that's one of those trope callbacks where I'm like, God, this is such a tropey movie. And it's like, yes, but it's like the grandfather of the tropes. So It made the tropes. You kind of have to, like, give it a pass, but at the same time, I just don't want to because it's made... Because of the Titanic, I've been made to suffer through other bullshit in cinema, so it does not get a pass from me. And that will lean heavily into the rating that is not good that I will give this movie at the end. I will tell you now that I will literally give this movie nine and a half stars. Out of Out ten? of ten. Okay. Every single time. The half dock is for some silly things here and there, including the door, but carry on. Molly, Molly Brown is the funniest character in the movie. Kathy Lee Bates does a wonderful job. Just, not that she ever does not. Just crushed it. It was so funny. Uh, and it was very, I was always very curious as to... The script got written in such a way that Cal is always attached to Rose's hip until Jack is introduced. Like, after or before the dinner. When she just starts spending inordinate amounts of time with this street urchin boy... And Cal is, like, nowhere to be found. And it's so weird because it's already an established deal that she's, like, always with Cal all the time. It shows her change in mentality and her character growth. Yeah, but it doesn't show Cal's change in anything. Well, he constantly has, like, the bodyguard or the valet looking for her. And, like, she keeps, like, giving him the slip. Yeah, but not for the first chunk of the movie. Because she didn't give him the slip in the first chunk of the movie. She was just playing her role and doing what she was told. It's, well, no, you're you're not fucking understanding what the fuck I'm trying to talk about here. There is so much movie prior to Billy Zane being mad that Jack exists, but post saving of Rose, where the Jack and Rose are together, just off doing stuff, and no one cares. I don't think she'd fallen in love with him yet. Yes, but why is no one looking for her? They're real worried about it later, but... Are they only worried about it later because Jack's a, quote, threat to the relationship? No, it's more when she starts going down Dex. Because, like, when they're first hanging out, they're in her territory. She makes a point they of saying They were on the upper deck, that's they're, true. They're, like, where her people are, so they know that she's there. It's more when she starts disappearing from that upper echelon deck that they don't have tails on her and they can't find her because she's down in the lower decks. I don't know, it bothered me. Uh, because that just doesn't, that doesn't make sense for how people work. And Hollywood does that a lot where they make like a point of tension happen, but it would never happen because Hollywood doesn't know how people work. Anyways, uh, then we do a spitting scene, uh, and that lasts for all of the time. Yeah, it comes full circle later. It does, but 
Ugh. In case you just want to hear people talking, talking. Okay, all right, all right, you foul beast. What the fuck? This is a... Oh, they're going to hear that. Man, we know people who listen to this. You're going to... Oh, Cheers. They're not going to hang out with us ever again. God damn. They will. Yeah. Uh, I made a note that young DiCaprio is nice to look at. Uh, he's so pretty. He's, They're both so pretty. pretty. Why yeah, wasn't I'm I born not, pretty? I'm just not big on Kate Winslet. Nice boobs, but I'm just not big on Kate Winslet. I just... <laughs> uh, I made a note that it's just incredibly lucky to have uh, Miss Molly Brown next to you at dinner to, to help guide you through what fucking silverware to use, because I'll be honest, if you sat me down at that dinner placing, I would not know what the fuck is going on with all of the many different forks of different sizes, and why they go small, big, small, or why there's, like, some shit, like, off to the side at a diagonal. Like, I get how some of it works. I've done a smidgen of fine dining in my time, but there's just, like, weird silverware that's, like, in weird places on the outside and shit, and man, it's just... I also would like to say that, like, just some historical context, the reason they don't like Molly Brown is because she comes from new money, and new money is not as good as old money. Old money fucking hates new money, but old money doesn't exist. It still does. Rose's family's fucking broke. Yeah, but... Old money doesn't exist. It does. But only kind of. They just don't have any... (laughs) The money's gone. They make a big point of that later in the movie. They go, yes, I know the money's gone. Guess what? It doesn't matter if everybody drowns. I long for nothing more in this life than to exist in this era. And it should be noted that I would do horrifically bad in this era. You know how your lungs work? You would, like, learn about the Spanish flu or tuberculosis and die of sympathy. Like, it, your, your lungs would be like, shit, man, we can't deal with that, and you'd just cease. Fuck, man, I'd die of all my teeth falling out or some shit, but you would die of your lungs quitting. And if we brought back any food or anything to give to the poor vagrants of the 1910s, they would die immediately upon consuming it, for their stomach could not withstand the chemicals. Now... I have so many notes about this goddamn dinner scene, dude. All right, keep going. So we do the fucking jib-jab-jib-jab banter at dinner with the rich folks, and Jack is just smarter than all of them, which is really funny to me. Um, And, of course, everyone at the table except Billy Zane and Rose's mom fucking adore Jack. They think he's wonderful. It's still like a, yes, you belong with the peasants, but you are a treat. Man, you're charming. He does have the charisma. Yes, And they do invite him to go do man dessert. Now, I need to make a point here because there is a thing in this movie where they do man dessert and they do woman dessert. Now, the problem here is man dessert is brandy and a cigar. And that's the shittiest dessert I can think of ever of all time. James? Because the dudes get up and fuck off. Before they roll out the dessert trays to start serving the rest of the guests. Now, the rest of the guests are the women and children. They get to have sweets and nice things like cannolis. There was a fucking fat stack of cannolis on the goddamn tray. And they fucking get up and they're like, Jack, you want to come have a cigar and a brandy? You know, hang out. It'll be nice. 
Uh, except Billy Zane, of course, because he hates him. And Jack goes, nah, I should get back to my urchins. And they're like, yeah, all right, that's fair. James said out loud he left before the cannolis. And he fucking did. They were like, you wouldn't want to hang out with the women, would you? And he was like, I guess not. And fucked off back to the urchins. If James uh, was Jack, he would have been like, yeah, I want been a like, fucking cannoli. <laughs> yeah, have you ever had a cannoli, you old fuck? Take a cannoli, treat it like a cigar, pretend, have fun for once in your fucking ancient miserable life. Now I really wish we had that cannoli dip from H.E.B. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Dude, shout out to the Texas grocery chain, H.E.B. They make a cannoli dip that is to die for. Um, it's all the best parts about a cannoli without any of the fucking struggle or mess of eating a cannoli. Yes. So, fucking, I, I just, I can't get over the fact that rich, rich old man dessert is not dessert. It's a cigar and brandy. But this, that also continues for some time. Like, throughout history, like, that's just a thing is that the men go smoke and drink and the women are in the parlor having coffee and pastries. I want a coffee! Brandy is the worst alcohol! That's not true. There are worse alcohols. But brandy is amongst some of the worst alcohol I've ever had the extraordinary displeasure of consuming. It is just not good. And to combine brandy, which I've tasted before, with cigars, which I do like, that just sounds like an awful time. And then to sit around with a bunch of old fucks and complain about politics and the way the world is. The Great Depression hasn't even happened yet. And what do you have to talk about? Nothing! You aren't talking about anything useful. You're just there with your fucking miserable alcohol sitting in a sad, smoky room. This is not the epitome of manliness. This is sad and depressing. James would have never made it in the upper echelons of society. I still don't. To be fair, neither would I. I look like this. I'm not meant for the upper echelons of society. Fuck I don't sakes. have enough self-control to belong in the upper echelons of society. Holy shit. I just... I cannot... And isn't brandy considered, like, it's like a noted dessert liquor? Yeah. F fuck, it's so bad. Brandy's so fucking bad. There's also that other one, and I've been trying to remember it the whole time you went on a rant about, but I can't remember. It starts with a C. Continue. Uh, 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 Disserano? I said it starts with a C. Yeah, but Disserano is a brand of no, the but it's like cordial. They, yeah, cordial. Disserano's a cordial. <laughs> I, I told you, Disserano's a cordial. Cordials. <laughs> cordials are not great. Disserano's fucking great. Are you? Am I broken? Yes, but for not the reasons that we're discussing here. Do I just not drink correctly? Is that is that my problem? Feels I mean, like it might be my problem. You like gin. Gin's great. Whiskey blows. Rum's great. You know, I'm a pirate. <laughs> That's all. That's all it is. I'm a I'm an urchin and a pirate. All right, we've got to keep talking because we only have like 15 minutes uh, yeah. left in this episode. Well, the good news is nothing happens until the Titanic starts sinking. Um, Are you done talking about the dinner at least? Yeah, we're gonna leave the dinner. We got to go to the poor people party because the poor people party and just clashing everything. 
is so much better than the rich people party. They're down there drinking beer, the swill, you know, they're having a grand time just dancing jigs. There's a fucking band going to town. It's a fucking wonderful time. And oh man, it's just so good. Such an enjoyable experience that they go down there to have. And uh for for and then they bring Fabrizio back to dance a jig, and that's great. And I'm reminded that Fabrizio exists, which means I'll be sad later because I like Fabrizio. Um, I think the it's one of my favorite sections because I do love the like the Irish music and the jigs downstairs and the complete contrast between that and the absolute silence and quiet talking upstairs. Have you heard about the fucking politics and the blah, 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 versus like, woo, beer and clapping and loud music is like so freaking insane that it sh- it's it's so well done this movie is so well done i'm gonna be the opposite to james in this one it's like we're back watching harry potter because literally all i can do is rant and rave about this fucking movie because it's so good the cinematography the everything that happens in this like party scene as we're switching back and forth between the upper echelon party and the freaking hoedown that's going down downstairs like it's so good there's cheap beer it's just everywhere like you just pick up glasses that people were drinking out of and you finish drinking them and upstairs they're like and then and then have you heard about poor willis yes a sad day like i would forever love to be part of the poor people versus the echelons of society but i also want the nice house and the nice dresses and the things like that so it's a constant problem in my life of like i would love to be downstairs partying with the loud irish people and i also want to wear the pretty jewelry and the pretty dresses Eh. um but as we move on from the party scenes we get uh no you missed the best part of the party scenes i'm sorry you had left i don't know what it's no, okay. It's I'm back. The best part of the party scenes is a strong man arm wrestling competition that is then interrupted by Rose. Well, it's not interrupted. It ends. And then Rose goes, oh, you think you're a big tough guy, huh? Hits a cigarette and does ballet. That she took out of somebody's mouth. Yeah, and then she does ballet. Full, full point toe. Incredibly awful thing to witness. Uh... I'm not one who is privy to ballet. I know that it exists. But I've not witnessed it in real life. And then it's kind of like when you're first, like, you know that ballerinas fuck up their feet, you know? People know that. That's like a known thing. Uh, And I know that. And I've known that for a very long time. This is like a first instance of me seeing how that happens. And it was like, I just like, I recoiled on the couch. And it's like, ah! He started rubbing his big toe. I, I uh, totally unconscious of the fact, but I was doing that. And she pointed it out to me while it was happening. It was just horrible, horrible to look at. I hated it. Um, we noted that the subtitles in the movie, if you rent it on Amazon, as we did, because you can't actually stream this shit anywhere... Uh, if you rent it on Amazon, the subtitles, they're not quite correct. And they Most do that of the time. For the whole movie. 
What you read is not what you hear, especially when someone has anything like an accent. It's close, but you can tell the people that wrote the subtitles did it's not like, have an accent. They get the gist of what the message is in the line, but they don't match the line At most all. of the time. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's funny. Uh, I made another note about how Billy Zane really did the damn thing, and he was just doing a performance. And that is what happens the next morning. Because the next morning, Rose is back with Billy Zane again. And, and probably... I'm never going to fucking call him Cal, okay? I just can't. It's Billy Zane. He's all, She's also probably a little more than hungover. Oh, yeah. Like, she drank at the rich people party, and then she went downstairs and consumed cheap beer. So... So... We fucking, we get to the, they're having, like, tea time breakfast in some, like, atrium-looking suite space, and it, it's very strange. And It's their private deck. He, like, kind of, sort of brings up the fact that she was just down with the urchins all night, which we do see that his point man, the creepy detective evil guy. Their uh, valet. The valet, yes. Does, uh does see them down in the urchin level. And fucking, man, he, like, brings that up, and then they get into, like, a ten-second argument before Billy Zane ad-libs this, by the way, throws the whole fucking table to the side. Thank you, trivia man. Yeah, I'm here to help, because I read IMDb trivia. Uh, And he yeets... First, first, he does it in two stages. He smashes a bunch of shit off the table, and then he goes back for the rest of the table to throw the motherfucker to the side so that he has the most direct route to Rose rather than having to walk around. And uh, he doesn't hit her yet. No, he, hits he does her later. the table shake. Yeah, he does. Or he the chair grabs shake. grabs that chair fucking shaking her around like a rag doll. She's going to get shaking baby syndrome. And fucking, man, it's just this... As escalation over the course of like 10 seconds where you're like, oh, this could get interesting. And then he throws the shit and you're like, oh, it got really crazy really fast. And it just that made a note about how Billy Zane's really fucking good in this movie. Um, I also want to know, like, I want to see how he treated her before Jack. Because, like, obviously he wooed her. I know money's a big portion of it, I don't think he ever it, did woo her. She was She's so disillusioned with how her life is. I don't think he ever wooed her in any way. I think she was straight up doing it for money. Fair. Mommy told me to. Speaking of that, my next note is how she, her mom does classic guilt tripping. Oh. In the corset tying scene. Dude. Oh. It, I watched it and I was like, I'd fucking hit somebody. I also like, feel so triggered. Oh, it's very upsetting. She, because like her mom's, why won't you be with Billy Zane? <laughs> and it's all teary eyed and it's like, do you want to see your mother sewing dresses? Like, <laughs> and turns away from her. And then like Rose gives just the tiniest bit of ground on one thing. And she turns back around fucking cold as ice. No tears, no emotion, just solid dead face. And I was like, ah, 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 ah. A liar, an evil woman, and uh, uh, made a note about that. That's important. Uh, and then we went to boat church. Yes, I just have a fun bit of uh, trivia from one of our fans <sighs> who is uh, messaging me that the actor who plays uh, the valet mm -hmm. um, was in another Titanic movie in 1979 called SOS Titanic. This fucking guy had to live through that shit twice, two times. 
Betcha the James Cameron production was way bigger. Uh, we went to Boat Church, and uh, as I'm sure you all are aware, uh, the poors don't get to go to Boat Church. You have to learn about Jesus with the rats. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, there's tequila in my nose. <laughs> I'm falling apart. That shit was Fuck. funny as hell. Oh my god. <laughs> and, then, and then they sang a foreshadowing hymn. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever been to old people church uh, or Baptist churches. Uh, but True every, Baptist churches. Uh, true Baptist churches. Hymns are unsettling songs. Very, very unsettling songs. You done? Yeah. All right. Uh, my next note doesn't happen until Jack's sneaking to the upper decks, and he steals the coat that he will then wear for the rest of the movie. Uh, but there's a kid with a top, and I made a joke about Beyblades. The kid does spin the top. He fucking he fucking rips it, dude, and it drops to the deck and starts spinning around all crazy. I was like, oh, shit, dude, Beyblades. Let her rip. <laughs> uh, that made me happy. Fuck all of you. Um, did you have something? No, keep going. Okay. I told you, you guys are not going to hear much from me this episode because I just, I have, I have nothing to say. It's just me going off. Uh, I made like four notes in various places throughout the movie where I just say, Billy Zane's going to punch you in the face uh, because Jack just keeps doing riskier things to get near to Rose or to talk to Rose. Because uh, he loves her. That's, that's cool. Or the power of boners. The power of boners. You know, you'll do dumb shit when you're in love. I've done it. Jack's doing it. You've James done is, it. James has done some things like in the beginning of our relationship that were <laughs> definitely... You gotta risk it for the biscuit. I got my fucking biscuits, boys. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, once the, uh, we got 49 notes in and we hear the Celine Dion theme again and I didn't like it then and I don't like it now. And then Billy Zane's gonna punch you in the face again. And finally! We get to the infamous draw me like one of your French girls scene. But we're gonna talk about that scene in the next episode. Because we're really running it out on time, and I have to talk a lot about how the ship does the sinking part of the movie in the next episode. So if you're on the stream, hang tight. If you're not on the stream, you're listening to me whenever, wherever, throughout space and time. And know this, I love you, but not as much as Jack loves Rose. I'll let go.